0: I'm Jake Wade.
1: I'm Jack Von Reisman.
0: And uh, this is the fourth installment, Out of Order, of um, our Senior Project podcast.
1: And today we're going to talk about the American Revolution.
0: Yes, Uh, my my favorite topic here, one of them.
1: Much like the English Revolution, uh, the key thinker in this was John Locke and his ideas of natural rights.
0: Yeah, and um, as adapted by uh, Thomas Jefferson.
1: And Madison later on. And
0: Madison it. later on. But
1: I think to give an overview of this episode, we're going to start off with a bit of the historical backgrounds from 1763
0: to the tax facts. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and then we're gonna, we, won't, we won't mention any of the battles because they're not really that important.
0: To us. To our topic, They to, are important. They
1: are very important. Yeah. But they're not important to our topic of security and freedom. Sure. And then we'll talk about the Constitution, yeah. the Bill of Rights, and the similarities and why it was... This it was a successful revolution.
0: Exactly. Um, and we do have a live audience here, so forgive us if there's some uh, uh, are some good. back and forth. Questions are allowed. Encouraged,
1: Encouraged. 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 Encouraged and allowed. Do you have any yeah. questions, Tom? In- intelligent oh, questions, yes.
0: which might be more. beyond <laughs> your possible capabilities. No, you what what questions? Questions? <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> begun to speak.
1: Were the, were the origins of the American Revolution primarily economic or ideological? I would actually argue that primary ideological.
0: Well, I think that an argument could be made for it's both. both as we'll talk about, top because out, top out. That's I, not an May I explain? <laughs> yes. May I explain? Thank you. I appreciate that for allowing me to speak on my own podcast. Thank you. Thomas. <laughs> anyway, the economic argument would be that um, the Seven Years' War, um, there's an extreme tax burden. Uh, Unfulfilled by the uh, the colonies, um, well, because their defense was extremely expensive uh, for the crown.
1: Britain had to uh, Britain had to win the war for the colonists. Yeah, and after the anger at both both the <laughs> at the war and the cost, because it doubled their debt from forty million pounds to eighty million pounds. You can ask a question. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're still answering your first question.
1: Um, I, well, I'm good at that. Um, <laughs> I know I don't understand what you're
0: trying to say. I got another question. No, we're not, no done. we're not done. Let's finish the first question. These people are chronically unintelligent. Um, I think so, they
1: issued the Proclamation of 1763.
0: Yes. Which, which, <laughs> so it was. it. What Jack is trying to say is that the Proclamation of 1763 essentially forbade um, colonists from settling past the Appalachian, um, which was. Really, the number one reason that they were interested in the Seven Years' War to begin with. So, um, they essentially fought this war for, for land, no gain. But
1: they had no access to exactly. it.
0: Exactly. right there.
1: Exactly. But the British...
0: Uh, and then the British tried to hike their taxes in a well, series of different let's acts. talk about the different tax act real yeah.
1: quick. The questions can wait for a couple
0: minutes before we oh. get some historical Yeah, back let's back. just get a fair So, a first bare bones we here. have
1: the Sugar Act, which actually wasn't a new tax. It was a tax that has been around since the 1600s yeah. on molasses. But, however, under the British proletary salutary neglect, they didn't really collect it. But with the Sugar Act, the key thing is the British would start collecting this tax.
0: And it's also... Um, and enforcing. It, enforcing the act. And they were hitting um, probably one of, if not the um, most coveted goods at the time, which was molasses, which was used uh, to make rum. So considerable considerable amount of consumption um among the colonies uh for that obviously and when the british strike directly at that um it was extremely problematic but not as problematic as the stamp act which came out in the um uh next year
1: and the stamp act was problematic because it taxed it, it required any written good to get this british seal of approval pretty yeah. much but to get the approval you had to pay a tax in order, in order to receive that approval. And this, this affected newspapermen, such as like Ben Franklin, yeah. and His Philosophical Society, lawyers, bankers, merchants, especially. And these are
0: your, these are, these are your these thinking are the, classes, your uh, aristocracy, the people that can really do damage um, uh, to your power and your rule. And they the, went right at them.
1: Yeah, these are the backbone, as we will see later on, of the American Revolution. And the next act... Actually, do you have a question, Tommy? Well, uh, you know, obviously there's some pretty pretty violent uh, responses to the Stand Back. Did you say these responses by the colonists were justified?
0: Um, I Res- do think Can that. you give an example? Yeah. These responses, we can. Can you? Can you? No, you can't. That's what I thought. <laughs> I well,
1: the I'll, most— I'll be honest, I'm currently looking at a list of uh, questions to ask about uh, the American Revolution, and it says, were the, were the colonists' responses to the Stand Act justified. Well, it? I think the most—if he, if he knew what he was talking about, the most obvious uh, instance of injustice would be colonists and the Sons of Liberty— Going to I believe the Boston tax collector's house, yes, and burning
0: it down, and um, you know, rampant tar- tarring and feathering, uh, and something that is kind of left out of that is that if you get tarred and tarred and, fe- tarring and feathering, someone kills them. If you get dumped in a bucket of hot tar, you die. Carolina no so Tar heels. They're murdering people.
1: Um, is that funny? No, it's
0: not funny. You looking at right. you is funny. You are comical to, you're physically comical. Especially
1: when he's standing, because it looks like he's exactly. still at the height
0: of when he's sitting. Yes. So, if that, that's <laughs> he you asked for that to happen <laughs> just now, I want um, to get that serious Just like, a like, serious like you podcast. could say that the British asked for the revolution to happen. Well, yes, because they
1: were taxing colonists in America who had no representation in Parliament, even though at this time period there were over 2 million colonists yeah. in the colonies. Mm-hmm. And you have Parliament. 3,000 miles away issuing taxes to fund their vast empire that really has no effect on these Americans who get no say in their governance.
0: Exactly. And um, one of the huge issues that comes from this um, is this eventual back and forth between the Sons of Liberty and the British where the British will pass a law um, or they'll do something uh, in, in retaliation to the Sons of Liberty, and the Sons of Liberty would come right back, um, and this kind of gradual um, increasing of aggressions, which uh, you know leads to the Boston Massacre, it leads to um, the Boston Tea Party, the Intolerable Acts. Stuck um, those. Yeah, and and yeah, sure, and it, you know surmounts in the American Revolution. Um, so if you want to talk about those.
1: So the Intolerable Acts were a series of five acts after the Boston Tea Party in which um, the colonists threw, dumped into the Boston Harbor, in today's money, roughly $2 million worth of East India Tea. And in retribution, Parliament was absolutely pissed off at the colonists. So they passed a series of Intolerable Acts and the five of them were, in my opinion, the most significant was they closed the Boston Port. Yep. And the Boston Port at this time was it's a lifeline for New England. It's lifeline New England and a major trading hub. They uh, did extradition. ex What's the? Ex, word? Uh, they
0: extradite. Extradited
1: um, the, the judicial process yep. to England. So pretty much royal officials. They colonists were free and just get away with it. So no murder. no
0: jury by your peers, which is um, you know a pivotal pivotal right. Even in though today. in
1: seventeen seventy in the Boston after the Boston Massacre. John Adams defended yeah, the five exactly. British soldiers and acquitted them successfully. Of murder. Yeah, murder. Um, then there was the Quebec Act, which this was more just to be a little jab at the colonists. Yeah, and it, it gave Quebec religious independence. Um, uh,
0: they, uh, they outlawed was, uh, gatherings uh, in uh, Massachusetts, which is a key part dating back to you know their Puritan roots. Uh, gathering is an extreme, extreme part. Then the, of their culture. Um, and obviously, in their you know, quest for self-governance, uh, something that was key and it was stripped of them.
1: Then was um, the quartering act. Can we please finish the acts, Tom?
0: The quartering act where... British soldiers um, could knock on any exactly.
1: home of a colonist and they would be required by British law to open their doors, give them a bed and food, and treat them with hospitality. Yes. Then, there was one more that changed the... Massachusetts Bay Colony structure from a joint stock to a royal company to a royal colony, I think. Which is mm-hmm. this was, just, yeah. This just gave the crown more authority over exactly. Massachusetts. Now, Tom, what is your question? You don't have a question anymore. We answered it. I don't think you. No, I don't think you want to answer it. I think we know everything about the American Revolution. What's you your mean, question? You
0: don't it. Let it rip. have a
1: question want it now? It was a joke question. Okay. It was regarding. I was comparing the American Revolution to COVID. Okay. Actually, that's a good that's a good connection. What is it? I'm no. Thomas Olendorf. I just heard about banning gatherings, and I was like, "No, are you considering starting your own revolution?" As certain certain gatherings are now banned today.
0: Well, seeing as though I am sending this podcast directly to a government agency, I'm going to say no comment
1: to that. Heenah um, folks is Fifth Amendment privilege. Exactly. Which is one of the glorious things about the American Revolution.
0: Yes, one of the great things come out of it. So. Um, We'll fast forward a little bit to uh, July Fourth, seventeen
1: seventy six. Yep, with Thomas Jefferson writing, in my opinion, the greatest piece of American literature, and one of the most influential political documents in all of human history. And in it, It's uh, top three for sure. Top. That's opinionated. Well, 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 he just gave an
0: opinion. This is where this is opinionated podcast. Yeah, you you you're adding nothing to this currently. That's like everything in life. That's true. Really yeah, it's very little physically and you know,
1: <laughs> and just to read, yeah, to, to read from yeah. the Declaration of Independence we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, and deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends. It is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its power in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Yeah.
0: And this goes back to, um, John Locke, John Locke's idea, not only of, um, a social contract, but of his, uh, life, liberty and property, or as Jefferson, um, expands it, if you will, to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. Um, just, you know, very, very clear. Um, it's There's a linear relationship between the two, for
1: sure. Very clear, um, clear inclination and devotion to natural rights yes. in um, <clears throat> this point of view. Uh, I think also what you see here a lot is um, the social contract that Locke talks about, where that it's not just the right of the people to abolish a government that they perceive as tyrannical or breaking, or violating their natural rights, it's their duty and that they have an obligation to the universe, yeah. in essence, to institute a new, just, and fair government.
0: Yep. And um, another thing important um, to note is that there was um, definitely a growing period, a learning curve, if you will, for America after um, the revolution in where they did not arrive at this constitution um, overnight, they did not arrive at um, you know a perfect system of government um, just you know the second they signed the treaty with uh, George III. So the um, first the first form of government that they had directly after um, the war was the Articles of Confederation, um, and you know I personally think that um, they could have been executed better to some great success. But clearly, there were glaring issues with it, um, which caused uh, eventually um, for Shay's Rebellion to take place.
1: Um, do you want me to talk about Shay's Rebellion a bit? Yeah, sure. So, one thing about uh, the of Confederation is they were afraid of having too much oversight and too much control, as they previously saw with King George III. So, pretty much what they did was they, the of Confederation did, was it gave every state near independence and autonomy with yeah. it very few relations between the states it was
0: almost more of an alliance of states than it was a country
1: than a union than a union but uh, one thing that had not allowed the states to do and did not provide for was a uniform system of currency and taxation yeah and so there's a lot of economic problems following the revolution and this culminated in shays rebellion where the rampant inflation caused the farmer daniel shays to and, be his house to be foreclosed yeah. upon, and he was just one of many American, uh, American war farmers, veterans, especially war veterans, yeah, who suffered this, and it's <clears throat> they were kind of they were angry at this because they just fought our revolution to be free, and now they're about to lose their home, kind of the edifice of their freedom.
0: Exactly, and I think um, at least the biggest issue I see with the Articles of Confederation is that in its fear of giving. The uh, central federal government too much power. um, They give the state governments more power, so it's not an issue of um, oh well. You know the I I definitely some extent um, there was that people were had too much freedom, which is a ridiculous thing for me to say because I don't think that there such a thing exists. But um, it was more that they thought they could bypass. Um, tyranny by just dividing it up um, into regions. And that obviously did work as Daniel Shade, one, his house was foreclosed on it, and two, he realized he was, he and um, the many other American war veterans in Massachusetts realized that they're paying more taxes now than they were um, before the war. And they had fought a war against these taxes. So they saw their only real, um, solution was to revolt, um, as they had, however um, many years ago. I think it was about ten. So this it showed the weakness. It showed the weakness of the, government. the, weakness and of the government, and we- it leads to probably one of the most um, important meetings of minds in human history, which was the uh, American Constitutional Convention.
1: Some of the most influential and important. Oh, do you have a, do you have a, do you have a question in the audience there? I did. Not. What? Okay. Okay. And so if question, just let us know. We want to
0: answer them. It's a, a really a fascinating event where each state sends delegates um, to argue on the state's behalf and and to create this new governing document that would um, make sure that the uh, mistakes. Of the Articles of Confederation would not be repeated, but to also ensure that um, they would not fall into the throes of autocracy.
1: Um, Tom has a question in the audience. So, back to Shakespeare Ellen, in what month and what year did that Um, us? I believe it was May 1787. Six. Wrong. Six or seven. It was January, though. Wrong. All right, well, okay. Why don't you get your facts
0: here? I'm sorry. Do your
1: research. Well, you got the revolution test out. The month
0: in which. Shay's Rebellion occurred. is just absolutely pivotal. No, it's very critical. Absolutely critical person. information. No, yeah. yeah. Maybe if you just paid
1: attention. It's like someone was just talking about COVID. And they just said it was in, like, 1995. Like, I don't But we did not say that. That was just not that something year, right? that we no, said. Like Shay's Rebellion was not... May, maybe we'll wait for your other questions maybe we'll okay. be more productive maybe yeah, think of no better questions <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe, to, maybe, to maybe it's a conversation maybe
0: become more intelligent is, that's, a I mean, that's why I'm in
1: this audience man. That's Jay, true <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean he did think regular US history was harder than your eight plus class what was your question?
0: okay yeah
1: uh, you is. Yeah. England is um, a country, so that is yes England is a country
0: And then it was, yeah, Britain. Oh,
1: okay. All right. If, okay. All right. Irrelevancy from the idiots. Yeah. Or our friends, sadly.
0: Both, unfortunately. Um, The, what came out of the Constitutional Convention um, was one of the most revolutionary governing documents of all time, but.
1: Still, what would you say? What other documents are? You going to serve? Magna oh, Carta. I'm gonna get there. English Bill of Rights, American Bill of Rights. The, he's my, I'm getting my money's work from him.
0: Okay, so website. I was getting there,
1: but well, you, well, you didn't didn't have the, the
0: attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> so I have good. to speak. That's my fault. I need to speak faster.
1: I'm sorry. I appreciate I appreciate your concern, but there's a reason I'm here and you're there. Yes. You're here to teach me. Okay. I'm here. You to you ask may, some I questions? may I teach? May I teach? Uh, he's teaching me. You're not. Okay. Fast. Well, so you're talk.
0: all right. What? Anyway, as I was saying, is the Constitution, um, in order for the Constitution to be ratified as not all the states, namely Rhode Island, uh, were prepared to hand over that much power to a central government, um, James Madison writes, what is the most important document in human history, by far, um, in my opinion at least, I'll say, is the uh, Bill of Rights of the United the States American? of America. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: what are some of the rights that the American Bill of Rights grants us? Like, what do you think are some of the most
0: important ones? That the occurs? most important? Well,
1: we know your opinion. Just you give us a, you just, know my
0: opinion. Just but, give us
1: a few of the rights.
0: Um, the right to keep and bear arms is, in my opinion, the most important. And as it more the right to self-preservation um, is more the overarching one. Um, freedom uh, of expression, I freedom think, of free, thought. I think
1: the First Amendment with the freedom of speech yeah. is the most important one. Sure. It leads to free thinking. I think that and that's um, the basis.
0: Yeah. Due process rights democracy. are obviously important. Um, well, you know, the Fourth Amendment's important with the yep.
1: right to not be subject to unwarranted yeah, <laughs> seizures. Yeah, unlawful search
0: and seizures. And, uh, um, but we see
1: the American government kind of backtrack on this in yeah, of the course. 20th century, and 21st century. they backtrack
0: on every amendment. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. But um, that this is the ideal, uh, or at least as close as humans have come to the ideal of a balance in between yeah. security and freedom. Okay. And Obviously, it's declined... Since its creation, but um, the balance in between the you know over uh, zealous security and and you know want um, of safety and 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 a stabilizing force of Cromwell's Commonwealth um, and the just radical um, you know anar- almost anarchist uh, fever dream of. Robespierre's France um, at least for part of it
1: yeah
0: um, this is
1: the so middle in between ground. between English and war this is the middle ground and yeah. the um, French Revolution French Revolution where we have moderation between security which Cromwell tried to provide so well that's yes. more protective and Robespierre who was like let's let everyone be free absolutely. unless you violate my freedom absolutely but we talk about that more in the next episode with Robespierre yeah Robespierre and his tyranny yes but um, why do you think the American Revolution and the Constitution was so successful did well, we pay him on the phone? it's my job to ask the questions <laughs> and answer them.
0: I think it was so successful. One, because America is such a unique place in that there, at least, I will say there obviously were people um, uh, that owned the land before um, the English came in. But there was it was a clean slate in many ways. So there was no precedent on the land. Um, it's much larger than France or England. So there's. Um, you know, much more uh, room for um, this kind of libertarian idea to diffuse and for people to, you know, live on their own. And I think one of the keys that isn't really um, touched upon is that America was, other than the Native Americans, um, had no um, pressing, you know, outside enemies on their direct compared borders. There's a France compared to France which 1790s, obviously had to get their things together which very led, quickly which led to a yeah.
1: tyrannical committee of public yep. safety. Yep. But I think that's one thing that also made the American Revolution and the English Civil, Civil war. war successful successful is the autonomy that these states have due to the geographical yeah. location with England kind of being able to have its own destiny without immediate threat. From neighboring states in Europe and America with the 3,000 mile Atlantic Ocean. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Obviously, very key. And I think that, um, you know, not to stray too far, but unfortunately, um, as time has gone on, uh, different presidents have decided to, you know, adapt the Bill of Rights and the Constitution into their own interpretation. Subjective. And um, that has caused where we are tonight. Yes. <laughs> Will you cite a couple of examples?
1: Well, on, that, on that list,
0: Theodore Roosevelt, as great a president as he was, um, really liked to sidestep. Um, Thomas Jefferson. The leg- He liked to sidestep the legislative uh, branch entirely as often as he could because he thought that they're um, uh, ineffective and and inefficient. Thomas Jefferson, another one. Louisiana as much purchase. as I love him, Just comes
1: to mind that uh, no, Louisiana Purchase. No there's no precedent
0: in. anywhere that
1: um, he might have created precedent, precedent yeah. for doing that, but he, he did not exactly. have constitutional exactly. basis for that purchase. Um, Lincoln suspending the right of habeas corpus. Yep. Um, w. Bush with uh, the same thing. Ha- habeas corpus in yeah. the Fourth Amendment. Um, uh, FDR and trying to and the New Deal. Which all has, of that.
0: Uh, Woodrow Wilson in
1: going to war in Europe, that
0: and introducing um, Treasury the 16th, well, introducing the Federal Reserve, introducing um, the 16th Amendment, um, which was supposed to be temporary and obviously it was not.
1: It was supposed to be a wartime provision, yeah. right, to raise funds.
0: So I hope that answered your question, Thomas.
1: That was very insightful. Thank you. you appreciate, appreciate your time. Okay. Thank you for asking a good question.
0: Alex, do you have any questions? His names Alec, not Alex. Alex. Alec, plural. Good. Thank you. All good.
1: Um,
0: yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going there.
1: Um, I want to. Where are we in the sequence of the American Revolution? Here? We're in the, the ninety ish. Yeah. Do you have any questions on the overlapping revolution? Anything. Anything.
0: Fill in the blanks.
1: Should we take like a like a random question? Do you want like a? Do you want like a? Do you have a question?
0: No, I'm nice just impression. thinking,
1: like, you guys have been going for a while now in the American Revolution, so I feel like I should ask you, like, a random question. Okay, do something. it. Let's hear it. Uh, but I think...
0: We have five minutes to go here. Shays'
1: Rebellion, yeah. just to talk more, showed the weakness of a government with too... Well, I mean, <coughs> showed the weakness of too much freedom in America? hmm Well, with the Whiskey Rebellion... I, all right, now. All right. Can I finish you, my no no, 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 I, I got a question here. You uh, said okay. Shays' Rebellion showed we used having too much freedom in America. Jake Wade, historically speaking thinks that there's no I disagree. Such thing as too much freedom in America. But you, you appeared to like agree with
0: No, no, know. no. You didn't hear what I said. I, I said that the issue with the Articles of Confederation was not too much freedom. It no, was We're not talking, we oh, are okay. talking about states' right, right. of right. Yes. I said that the Articles of Confederation in the way they were set up, there was no single um executive power. There was a very very weak uh federal congress that had ap- no power. Um and then states that were fairly autonomous. And what sparked Shays' Rebellion was chronic overtaxation from the state of Massachusetts. So it wasn't that they got rid of um, you know, this government uh, power in its entirety, they just regionalized it and localized it. And so, the, in my opinion at least, the common conception that the problem with the Articles of Confederation was that people were too free? In my opinion, it's that it was the same as any other government, except it was regionalized, and people were just had their rights trampled by states instead of by the federal government. And this is something that you know comes into play later in re, um, American reunification after the Civil War, um, and why I think that the Fourteenth Amendment is probably a top three amendment. Um, obviously, not part of the Bill of Rights, but. Um, in asserting that the Bill of Rights is to be, um, you know, untouchable by the states is extremely important because a state government can perpetrate against your rights just as easily as a federal government, if that answers your question.
1: That is very helpful, thank you very much. You're welcome, my pleasure. Thank you for the insightful question.
0: No, it was an okay It wasn't question. a great No, it, it was a gotcha, he was trying to get me, he was trying to gotcha. It was a I, mediocre
1: question, but really a very good answer. Do you have yeah. any? Yeah. Other questions, like, I kind of want to go back to the Alex, was the American Revolution an yeah. ideological sure. revolution? That so I, I, awesome. I think that was a very inside, interesting yeah. question. That would have been a great debate for us. That he found us. on Google. Well, but he doesn't, he, we know he couldn't come up with himself, yeah, sure. but he used his resources. He tried, yeah. Really? No, no, Alec. Alec. Um, I like that question. No, I just want that's to a good question. A great sure, debate what do English. you think? I think it's ideological. Okay. I think it was ideological because, well, the, maybe the immediate uh, reaction was because of the economics the long term was because of the growth from 1688 with the English bill of rights and John Locke's two treatises on government mm-hmm. and that free thinking that led up to the Americans, especially like Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson short sure. wanting to have these rights and these freedoms as Jefferson. So eloquently plagiarizes in life, yeah. liberty and the pursuit of happiness.
0: I, uh, I think I come down somewhere in the middle, but in, an attempt to not cop out of this answer and to be devil's advocate, I will say that it was economic. And I think that a pretty big um, factor in my thinking this is the Olive Branch Petition, where before um, the first Continental Congress, I believe, um, sent the Declaration of Independence to King George, they sent a final petition saying, listen, uh, if, you know, if you stop with these taxes, if you, we can go back to the way it was, We will not revolt, and we can just, you know, forget this happened. And I think that speaks volumes to the idea that um, it was economic in principle. And I think the argument could be made that if there was no French and Indian War, uh, that we would be the, you know—
1: I think later on eventually, though, there was a high chance. Sure, of course. That's a completely different what-if historical um, loophole, rabbit hole. Yeah, Interesting one though.
0: Exactly. Any other questions from the uh, the people um, before yeah, we end I, off? I will. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can I? Uh, I just want to talk about. I just want to talk about George Washington for sure. a second. Because we mentioned this idea of radical kings and tyrants taking mm-hmm. over. And what's interesting about Washington is he's very Cincinnati like, as yep. he doesn't want to be president after he doesn't want to be general either. I don't think when he's offered it.
0: Uh, originally, I think he rejected. Yeah, and then eventually when he sees that it's, you know, yes, beyond. Necessary.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think it's important when they're like, hey, we'll give you king-like powers. We'll make you King George Washington of America. Yeah, He just... He declines. He declines it. And then he goes into office for two years where he tries to make America... Two terms. Isolationist. Yeah. Ah, two terms on two years, my bad. Isolationist so they, they can kind of have their own destiny and grow from mm-hmm. their own... I want to say childhood, but that just feels wrong. Like,
0: on their own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... And
1: he, he didn't overbear, such as Cromwell did.
0: Exactly. And he didn't... And he did a good job of, um...
1: kill people like Rose Pierre.
0: Yeah, and he, he stayed in between the two extremes that he had in his cabinet, in between Jefferson and Hamilton. I think
1: one definitely big thing with early American democracy is moderation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And, well, for Washington's. And for Washington, at least, yeah, not and, so and much. And the Constitution, yeah,
1: and that, like, from that period, from like the Constitution to Washington's end of his term, yeah, and
0: definitely. And then it falls apart after that, but
1: that's a different. That's a different topic. Yeah, different topic for another day. But I definitely think it was Washington and the Constitution's moderation that set up the perfect basis. Yeah, for our country. I would Tom, agree. You take any in question? No, I don't think so. Guys, done a pretty effective job.
0: All right, you feel informed.
1: Yeah, I mean. What's one thing you want to inform about? Let's say you did a pretty good job. I'd say I, all of your talking points I'm pretty informed about. Obviously, you know, there's a lot to talk about, American Revolution. But I'd say for how, how far we into the podcast? 31, 31 minutes. minutes? I'd say for 31 minutes, it, pretty hell of a job. Hell, Thank hell
0: of a you job, Carolyn. Well done. No swear words in this. Apologize. I apologize to
1: the podcast. That's what Thank I
0: you. Well, on that note um i I'm, think that should do the trick on american revolution
1: i'm jack von Reisman.
0: and i'm jake wade and uh we'll see you on the next one see you in france exactly